Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. Morning, if you haven't figured it out yet, it's called Don't Stop Believing. As I mentioned, it was going to be a standalone, and God just started giving me some stuff probably for about, we got about four weeks in this series. I think it's going to help you. Uh, we'll go through this series, and we're going to start talking about the church moving forward, um, tell you about moving forward into a new location and all of those good things. How many know it's exciting? And so if you'll let yourself get excited today, I believe I've got something um, really, really cool for you that will help you, help you. We had a great first experience, and they all left here rocking and rolling. So, um, so this is the theme for our new series. I want to read that same scripture again in a different translation. I believe you're going to be pumped up today. Ready? Hebrews chapter 10. Everybody say, let's go. Now I'm rock and roll juice. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 10, two verses, 35 and 36. It says this, do not therefore. Now, anytime you're reading your Bible and you see the word therefore, you need to stop and figure out what? What it's there for. It, it is a connecting word that always connects you to the series of verses before that particular verse. So you can't just read through and skip over the word therefore. You have to figure out what it's there for. Now, I'll just tell you what it's there for. If you go back and read the verses before, here's the context. There were God's people who had begun to make um, pledges of faith and proclamations of faith. They were putting their faith out there for some things, and they hadn't seen the manifestation of that thing yet, and they were starting to get a little weary, and they were ready to chuck it. Yeah. Now, let's just be honest. No one's listening or watching except for the YouTube live stream audience. How many of you have ever gotten a little discouraged waiting on God to manifest something. All of us have in one way or another. And you know, God, that's a temptation we all have, but God has an answer and these verses are the answer that God gave. And so let's read this again with that in context. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence because it has a great and glorious what? Reward. We can say the word reward in church. God wants to reward your faith. Verse 36. For you have need of patient endurance. How many love that phrase, patient endurance? I just like to skip right over the patient endurance part, but we can't. But it says we have need for it. And then it explains it in the Amplified Bible. It says it this way. To bear up under a difficult circumstance without compromising. So that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and you may enjoy to, to the full what is promised. And so in, these next, in that verse, God answers the question of what to do and how do we hold on and how do we get through a time when we might be tempted to, to chuck it because we haven't seen the manifestation yet. So in this series, Don't Stop Believing, here's my title for this particular message today. It's hold on to that feeling. Now I know, I know faith Faith's not a feeling. We don't live by feelings. But there is feelings associated with faith because it's an attitude. It's a disposition. So, you know, the song says, hold on to that feeling. And then it does that, uh, which none of us could have sang. We just, we just mumbled so they could, you know, uh, Maddie could sing it. But most of us, we, we just, we don't even know what that is. That's a Steve Perry thing, right? That he, they actually wrote the song and they put lyrics in there that really don't make sense just so he could sing parts. There is no South Detroit. Sorry to disappoint you, but um, we'll talk about that later in the series. So, so here's this scripture where God answers for us 
how do we don't stop believing? How do we hold on when we really sometimes are tempted to just give up that thing that we're believing for? So what I want to share with you today is these three things that faith always has. If you've ever been tempted to say, you know what? It's not manifesting. It's not happening. These are three things that faith always has. Number one, faith always has a destiny. Everybody say destiny. All right, there you go. Faith has a destiny. And here's what I mean by that. Romans chapter four, verse 16 says this, that faith is the key to receive anything God has made for us by grace. God's provided it by grace. Our faith obtains it. So when I say faith has a destiny, here's what I mean. The outcome of faith is to receive that which you believed for. It's a grace thing, but it's received by what? Faith. Y'all with me? And so that's why faith actually has a destiny, that which you're believing for, that which you find in the word of God. It is something God's promised to you. So faith is our confidence. It's our attitude. It's our disposition. And we teach a lot about faith here because faith is the key, the Bible says. And so sometimes when we talk about the mechanics of faith, and there are mechanics, but you can't get too caught up just in the mechanics because we have to remember the source of faith. Faith isn't productive just because we're working it a certain way. Faith is productive because of the one who is the source of our faith. But there is a formula to faith, and it goes like this. Uh, it's got three parts to it. The first part is that we hear and agree. The Bible says that faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing and hearing the words of Jesus. So whatever you keep hearing in your life builds faith in your life. If you keep hearing you're no good, you build faith in that direction. If you keep hearing you're not free, you keep building faith in that area. If you keep hearing you're always gonna be broke, you build faith in that area. It works another way. It works in a negative as well as it would the positive. But to hear and agree is the first part of the formula for faith. Now, now you can't have faith on anything that you don't have revelation on. So if you never heard that God's a healer, you can't have faith for that. If you never heard that God delivers, you can't have faith for that. If you never heard that God will prosper you, you, can't have, you can only have faith on that which you get revelation on. That's why we got to keep hearing and hearing the words of Jesus over and over and agree with them. When you read something in here that God said about your money, just agree with what God said. When you hear something in here God said about restoration, just, just agree with it. When you hear, don't, don't, pro, don't try to, you know, debate, just, just, God, if you said it, I'm going to get into agreement. That's the first part of the formula. And we build on that. We hear and agree. We agree and we decree. So I, I hear, I agree, and I agree with what God said. That's our confession of faith. That's our declaration. Here's how I know what you're holding on to. You'll tell me. I can tell what hurts you're holding on to. You'll tell me. I can tell what doubt you're holding on to. You're going to tell me. See, our words tell us what we're clinging to. And when we confess what Christ said in the word of God, that's declaring we're holding on to what he said. No matter what's coming at us, what's going on around us, what's again, I'm, holding on, I'm just agreeing with him so much so I'm going to say it. And sometimes we just try to say the right things. The easiest thing to do is in your heart get into agreement, and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So we hear, we agree, we agree, we decree, we decree, and we do. The Bible said without any actions, faith is what? It's useless. It's dead. So there is a formula to faith, but don't get so caught up in the mechanics that we miss out on the source of our faith. If we can keep our focus on that, guess what? Faith has a destiny. 
And I think that we all understand that, that faith does have a destiny. God wants to manifest what you're believing for. If it's in his word, he said every promise is yes, it's amen. In other words, if he wrote it, it's for you. Here's the second part that faith always has, though. Faith not only always has a destiny, faith has a debate. Faith has a debate. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about how there's a debate to your faith. I'm going to focus in on some things like delays and detours and downturns. But there's a debate for your faith. I looked up the word debate. I mean, it's kind of a common word, but it means this. It has an opposing argument. It has contending words. It has a differing opinion. So there's going to be some differing opinions, some contending words, and some opposing arguments to your faith destiny. That's why Jude said it this way. We contend for the faith. Jude chapter 3 or verse 3. He says we contend. There are going to be some things that debate your faith destiny. So I sat down with my wife and I said, let's just talk about some examples of some things that could debate. So you have faith for something. You got your faith out there. Maybe it's healing, maybe it's wholeness, whatever it might be. And there's a destiny attached to that. But there's also a debate to that faith. And so we just wrote down a few, a few debates to your faith. I'm, I'll just list some of them for you. How about this, a trial? Have you ever put your faith out there in the next thing that you found yourself in? Instead of manifestation, you found yourself in a trial, a test. You know, when you were in school and you sat in a classroom and you learned something, how many know there was going to be a test on it to, to find out what you learned? And you knew it was coming so you could study, but how many hated the pop quiz? If you're a teacher, shame on you. I know it's a ploy to get back at the parents for their, their crazy kids that they sent you, but the pop quiz. And life's like that sometimes. Some lessons come, we're expecting, but how many have ever had a pop quiz out of nowhere? And so some trials are like that. Some tests are like that. Here, here's a few more debates. How about some impossibilities, some obstacles, or some circumstances? Am I talking to the right crowd? Just sometimes the circumstances, it looks impossible. It, it looks challenging. It looks like there's no way. It just, it, it's, it looks like an impossibility. That's a debate to your faith. You put your faith out there and it looks impossible. You put your faith out there and then a circumstance that's the total opposite of what you were believing for. How about this one? A failure. You had a failure, a personal failure. A sin where we all fell. And when you do that, it's hard to believe sometimes that God still wants to manifest something in your life. And we get focused on our failure, we get focused on stuff, but it's a debate. These things debate faith. How about this one? Disappointments. Some disappointments. For, and it starts to become a debate to your faith. And how about this last one? I'll just say it this way. People. You know, the devil's always talking. God's always talking and the devil's always talking. Sometimes they talk directly to us, and sometimes they talk through the mouth of someone else. And maybe someone's in your circle, in your sphere, and they've got a debate to your faith. Don't, you, that's too right. That faith stuff, that prospering stuff, and it becomes a debate. So your faith has a destiny, but your faith also has a what? It has a debate. And so the Bible, God gives us an answer what to do when we 
feel like it's not manifesting. And God said this, don't fling away your fearless confidence. That phrase fling away in the original language is almost like taking a ball and hurling it. It means to reject, it means to throw away, to get rid of, and I love this definition, it means to lose or reject a quality or a state. And what that means is don't fling away your disposition of faith. Don't fling away the state of faith that you're in. Don't fling away, and it goes on, it says your fearless confidence. But we, we, we need to make sure we understand that word because it's different than what you think it is. Here's what it means, to be bold, to be frank, to the point of you're just straightforward with, with um, outspokenness. It's a fearless outspokenness. So what it's talking about is this. Don't fling away your frank outspokenness. That's your confidence. Here's what he's saying. Here's how you fling away your faith, with your words. You get so frustrated, disappointed, challenged, that you just want to say, forget it. And God says, don't fling it away. Don't fling away that confidence. And it's actually your words. It's your, see what happens is you got very frank. You got very outspoken. You got fired up on a Sunday morning. You heard about faith and you're like, I'm putting my faith out there for this. I'm believing this. I'm trusting God for this. And then a circumstance, a trial, a failure, a situation starts to just challenge all of that. And you get to the point where you're about to just hurl your position away with your words. See, your words is what created your faith statement. Your words is what can destroy it. To think about this, your, your, your words are life and death. Isn't that what the Bible says? How about this? You, 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 how did you get saved? I mean, there's a lot of people that believe in God, but to go from just believing in God to embracing his lordship in your life took some words, and you gave life to a relationship with Christ. So your words are going to give life to things of faith, or they can fling them away. And this is what God's saying. This is how he's saying to us how we how we don't fall to the temptation of wanting to just fling it. God said, don't fling away your faith. Don't fling away your fearless confidence. What he's saying is that outspoken, frank, bold declaration of faith where you're in agreement with the word of God. Don't throw it away because there's gonna be a debate to try to cause you to throw it away. How many have ever felt that? And he goes on, he says, what you need is patient endurance. And so when I read that, the first thing I think of is just grin and bear it till you get through it. But it's really not what it means. It means to become resolved, to have a disposition, making a decision that you're gonna stand under a discipline with a triumphant attitude. So it says you're gonna need to stay with a triumphant attitude and don't fling away your words. Don't fling away your confidence. That's how you fling away your confidence. So that, you know what? That, what's helpful there is you can have thoughts of unbelief, but they're not thrown away until you verbalize them. Because we all can face some doubt. We all can face, you can have faith and some unbelief working in your mind at the same time, but don't throw it away with your words. I mean, that's helpful. So we don't, God says that there's gonna be a debate for your faith. There's a destiny to it, but it's gonna be debated before it manifests. And don't fling it away. And then it goes on, and it helps us understand this idea of fling it away. Let's jump over a few verses. And also in chapter 10, verse 22 says this. So let us hold fast. Everyone say hold fast. That, that word, that phrase hold fast is, is a, a key phrase because it means that we embrace it, we hold it down so it doesn't slip away from us. Now, it's, it's a little different today, but some of you might remember back in the day when you went on a trip and you would take a flight 
Um, now you can only take so much pieces of luggage and you can only take so much weight with you. But back in the day before 9-11, all of that was different. And the suitcases were a little bit harder. And you, as, you could take as much stuff as you could what? Stuff in that suitcase. Remember those days? And you would put all that stuff in there and it would be like this. And so you would lay down on top of that suitcase, put all your weight on it, or get somebody that had some more weight than you. And they would sit on it until you get those little two clips latched. Anyone remember that? You are holding it down. That's what that phrase means. With your words, you got to hold down that thing that you're believing for. With your words, you got to hold down that thing God has promised you. So it says, hold fast. But look what it says, the confession of your hope. What this means is you get so much of the word of God in you that you get into alignment with it, you get into agreement with it, so much that it starts coming out of your mouth and that's your declaration. You're declaring more about your hope than you are your despair. You're, you're declaring more about your triumph than you are your trial. And you're declaring more about the goodness of God than the mess that you're facing. That's how you hold it down. This was God's answer. Instead of chucking it and throwing in the towel, watch your words, hold on to them, hold them down. It means to suppress them, pull them into position. Maybe when you were younger, if you had a younger brother, you would hold someone down until they screamed, uncle. You want to hold the things of the enemy down. It says with a, without wavering. That means a fixed attitude. Your confession and so in that word confession, you say, what is it that I'm supposed to say? So it's this Greek word. It's this long Greek word. It's homologia. You don't need to memorize that. Homo means the same. Legia means to confess. Literally what it means is you keep confessing the same thing God said. You keep saying the same thing God says. That's how you hold those things down. It's how you hold them down. God, I'm going to hold down. I'm going to hold this confession I'm going to hold on. I'm going to, this is how you, th th to use the song, don't stop believing, this is how you keep believing. You hold on to the feeling of faith. And I'm not saying faith is just a feeling, but it causes a feeling, a disposition, an attitude. Are y'all still with me? Yeah. Let, let, let's read on. Hold on, hold fast to the confession of faith without wavering. And I love that phrase, because he who promised is what? He's faithful. How many know God's faithful? I mean, when you just step back from your life and you get past your frustrations and your own shortcomings and you just realize, you know what? In spite of everything, God's faithful. Always be counted faithful. And as long as you keep counting him faithful, he'll bring you through, get you over, take you around, break you through, get you to that thing. If you keep counting him faithful. Now let's read, because this is still in context. Verse 24 says, And let us consider each other in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but we exhort one another, and so much more as you see the days approaching. So in context, we're talking about holding our confession. We're talking about holding down that thing we're promised for. But it's also in a context here of a couple other things. And first of all, it says that we get, need to keep considering each other so we can stir each other along. That's right in there with you holding on to your words. And what it means is you got to have somebody in your life. It really means they come alongside you and help hold that confession down. You got to have some somebodies in your life that's coming alongside of you, to stand with you, to walk with you, to be with you. The, the moment when you're thinking about wanting to chuck it, they, they're going to speak and say, don't chuck it. I'm holding it down. I'm believing with you. 
Let's not stop believing. Let's keep pursuing. Let's hold on to that feeling of faith. Let's hold on to that. Dis- you need somebody or some bodies in your sphere that are going to do that with you. And then it tells us where we find that. It, it, it says, don't forsake the assembling together. It means don't neglect what? And I know, you, I know what you're thinking. Well, this is the verse you use to tell us all we need to be in church. But I didn't write this. That's exactly what it means. It says, don't neglect or ignore the assembling of yourselves of being in church. The only place you can find this, and, and no matter what you think, you might have some independent thoughts, you might have, but the only place you can continue to have this is to be in a good church, be in some good small groups, be attending, be a part of things, get on a team where you can have some people that will come alongside of you and say, I'm holding this down with you. You can't find it somewhere else. That's exactly what the word says. Now, did you notice that it didn't say, don't forsake the gathering? It says the assembling. Now, my my kids are a little bit older now, so when Christmas comes, the gifts are more expensive. They come already wired. But there was a time when Christmas came, on the box it would say, it was a total lie. Total lie. It said this little phrase, some assembly required. It wasn't some. It was all Assembly required. How many remember those days, right? And, and so that meant that there were some parts that had to come together and fit together. And how many know that, man, you were messed up if there was a part missing on Christmas Eve? The batteries weren't in the box. There's a part that wasn't there. And this is what God compares the church to. If you're not here, there's parts missing. If you're not here, you're missing a part. And he didn't say gather because a lot of people say, we'll just go to the coffee shop. We're just going to talk about the word. Go, you talk, but it says assemble. Because here's, do- here's the deal. Coffee talks gather, armies assemble. And I believe we're assembling here today. Everyone has a part, a place. We've spoke, we've done some worship, man. We've confessed some things, we've prayed. People are serving. It means assemble together in God's house. And he says, when you see the days approaching, they're not approaching anymore. They have arrived. When you see those days approaching, what do you, you assemble. That's why one of the biggest challenges right now that churches everywhere are facing is just keeping people in church. Because there's a, I get it, there's a lot of busy life. But they say the average person is there once every six weeks. That's not assembling, guys. That's letting things detour. And then we're going to get into things where we need to hold our faith and we need someone to help hold us down, hold down our confession. It becomes a challenge. And here's what it means if you're a person that um, this is speaking, well, it's speaking to all of us. You start to feel down. You start to feel left behind. Outside the circle in the church, you get discouraged, depressed. You feel like you're behind everyone else and you drop out. And this says you need to be in a church where someone can come alongside you and say, come on, I'm with you. I'm running with you. You look discouraged. Let me, let me lift you up. Come on, I'm, I'm confessing with you. I'm praying for you. I'm behind you. That's what the scripture means. So your faith, it does have a destiny. God wants to manifest that. He says it's yes and it's amen, but it does have a debate. It's going to, there are going to be things that debate you to give up your confession, to get out of church, to drop out of fellowship. And that's why let me put a little plug here that I'm glad you're here this morning, but I would challenge you, think about being a part of something else. You know, usually the first Wednesday of every month we have first Wednesday. It's different this month. They, you know, they'll, they'll, I think we've been announcing that because of some schedule things we had to change. So it's actually second Wednesday. But I would encourage you. I know it's crazy. I know it's busy. Get here. I mean, God's been here lately. 
This month we're baptizing. If you've never been water baptized and you're a believer, the Bible says the next thing you need to do is, is be water baptized. You say, why? Because it's a public expression of the decision you've made on the inside. And so if you want to get water baptized, you can sign up at the iPads out there to get on the schedule. It's always an awesome time. So not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, second Wednesday this month, man, come out. I believe God's got something for you. He might have something for you to keep you. It might be the thing that helps you keep holding it down. It might be a message that keeps you what? Moving forward, right? So your faith has it. Y'all doing all right? It's good stuff, right? So your faith has a destiny. Your faith has a debate. And here, here, here's the last one. And I love this. This is the fun one. This is the one to shout about before we go. But faith has a due date. Faith has a due date. The Bible says this, there will be a great recompense of reward. Here's, that, here's what that means. You will be reimbursed for a job well done. Everyone say reward. Well, religiously, we skip over that word, but God wants to reward. He's a rewarder of your faith. Did y'all get that? He is a rewarder of your faith. How many like rewards? Well, we need to start looking at God. God's a good rewarder. He's a, he's a good giver. Oh, no, God, I couldn't. That's false humility. No, God, I'll take it. But it says that he is, the due date is there will be a great recompense of reward. That's a big phrase. Here's absolutely what that means. Let's, let's just say that you work for a certain company and you have to go out of town to work. So you're going to get in your car, put your, gas, put your money into gasoline in your car. You're going to drive to that destination. You're going to rent a hotel room. You're going to have an expense of meals. You're going to have an expense for that trip. And when you get back to your office, let's say it's a few days later, you're going to walk into the accountant and you're going to hand them all your receipts. And they're going to say, we need to reimburse you for gas, travel, time, distance, mileage, hotel, food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to reimburse you for that business venture. That's exactly what this verse means. It means there, are, there have been some things you've gone through. There have been some things that have come against you. And God's going to take good care of you. He's going to reimburse you for everything that you have gone through. I mean, that's worth shouting about. You, you may feel like you don't deserve it. God's a rewarder. God's a good God. Now, I'm going to read something to you. Um, this is an amplified translation um, of this verse. And I'm going to read this to you, but on one condition that there's some shouters in the house. You need to grab something I say. And we can shout in church. You can even stand up and do one of these, whatever. But I'm, I'm going to read this, and you, you, you need to get your shout on. Come on, this is a faith-filled, spirit-filled church. We need to act like it, right? So this is, this is to amplify what this verse means. It's going to mean something to you. Is there anyone in here that's ever been injured spiritually, emotionally? Is there anyone in here that's ever gone through a challenge, a trial, a setback, a defeat, a failure? Maybe you saw it coming or maybe it was a pop quiz. It's cost you some prayer. It's cost you some tears. It's cost you some anguish. It's cost you some repentance. It's cost you some time. It's cost you your faith. This is for you. God will see to it that you are paid and fully reimbursed for expenses you have spent to do his will. Yeah. He will make a settlement that takes care of all of your injuries or losses that you may have incurred. 
He will make sure that you get reparations to cover all that has been damaged, destroyed due to the attacks of the enemy or because of the adversarial situations that you have faced. The sleep you lost, he's, he's he's keeping track. The confusion you've had, he's keeping track. The heartache, the rejection, the betrayal, the loss, the disappointments. God's going to reimburse. Galatians says it this way, don't grow weary in doing well. You have a due season. You have a harvest. That word weary means don't let your mind wear you out. Because in the appropriate time, you have a divine season. You have a moment in a season coming your way. My wife, me and my wife have two daughters. It's been a few years ago since they were born. But right before both of them were born, there were a few things that I noticed. She was cranky. She was uncomfortable. A little bloated, a little swollen. Very uncomfortable. Because see, when, I know ladies, when you first find out you're with child, they say something like this. You're just glowing. And that's meant as a compliment. Because there's some people that say things like this. I don't know if it's true, but I knew you were pregnant. How are you know I'm pregnant? You were glowing. No, it was just a burrito, right? No, you, you were glowing. And that glow and everyone, you were the attention. It was awesome. And you got like a few months down and, you know, you're looking at the ultrasounds and everything's awesome. And then all of a sudden things changing and shifting and growing and uncomfortable. And you've got to go to the bathroom every six seconds. And all this stuff's happening. And all of a sudden, like, you went from loving that to just looking at your husband like, I'm going to get you back for this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that goes a little bit further, more discomfort, more uncomfortable, and, and, and more pain. That's why it's called labor, pain, and you finally get to the place. It's time to start pushing. But the end result of the pain and the labor and the uncomfortable is a promise. And you might be cranky right now. (laughs) You might be uncomfortable right now. But I got a weird word for you. The water's about to break. And God's got a due season. He's got a due season. God says, I'm going to reimburse you. The accountant's going to reimburse. How do you hold on? Your words. And listen, it's understandable in your heart and mind to have some frustrations, some disappointments, and some questions. But you hold on to it with your words. At the beginning of this year, I said, God said, it's going to be a year of happenings. And I mentioned three things. There are going to be some appointments this year. There are going to be some things that are due this year. And there are going to be some expectations. And we've got testimonies all year. Our church has a big testimony of something that was due. Something that was appointed 20 years in the making. 
We're going to do some movement here in a few months. God's added some things up. He's restoring some things in lots of ways. And you're about to walk into your season of restoration. So your faith, your faith has a destiny. But I don't want you to forget it's got a debate. The devil's debating with you. People are debating with you. Circumstances are debating with you. Conditions are debating with you. Heartaches de debating with you. Long night, they're debating with you. How do you hold on? You hold it down by not flinging it away with your words. Say what Jesus said about it. It will have a due date. It will have a due season. How many know that's a good word? Let's all stand to our feet. I want to end this with Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.